Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Loose Balls podcast. We are back here for episode number three. I'm Cole, and with me, as always, is Peyton. And Peyton, lead this podcast off as the only way you know how to lead it off. How about them, Cowboys? How about them, Cowboys? We will get into them later on in the show. And the plan for this episode, we're going to recap week eight of another crazy NFL week. We're going to get into our top 10 power rankings once again. And since we're at the halfway point now of the regular season, we're going to discuss our top MVP candidates. We will quickly preview week nine, what's ahead in all those games. And then we'll quickly talk about the NBA if we have some time, talk about the new format they're thinking about for next season. But yeah, let's start with the Thursday night Thursday nighter where the Falcons Can we just skip this so I don't have to be sad <laughs> anymore? <laughs> For so we cannot. I need to hear what you think about your Panthers twenty five seventeen loss. We were watching this game when we were doing episode number two and what I have in my notes, it's was literally a tale of two halves for Teddy Br- yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Um I mean when they signed Bridgewater as a Panthers fan, I was like, okay. I mean if you put the right pieces around him, he's a playoff quarterback, but you're never gonna win a Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater. It's just not uh not realistic in my book. You know, we lost the best linebacker in football this year, which is I mean, it's kinda hard to recover from losing a guy like Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. Um we're still pretty banged up. Secondary doesn't look very good. There's just a lot of issues on this team. You know, we signed Matt Rule to this huge deal, so we're letting him kind of build the team and figure out what he wants to do and clearly he wants to build very defense heavy. I mean, our entire draft was defense, but yeah. some of those guys are hurt now, like yep. uh Gross Matos and like Jeremy Chin's been great. Derek Brown's been good. We still have Dante Jackson from last year, but it's a young defense, and it's going to need time. Yep. Um, yeah, as a Panthers fan, my notes literally say, who cares? I'm a Panthers fan, and who cares? It's <laughs> two terrible teams that, yeah. you know, they had a Thursday night game. Good for them. I can't imagine. I didn't look at the ratings, but I can't imagine they were very good. So, no. yeah, I don't know. Not yeah. a lot to say. I'm sad Panthers fan. <laughs> uh, I have only thing I need to uh, or I have to say is, yeah, it was a tale of two halves for Teddy Bridgewater. He had a perfect QBR in the first half, and then second half he gets injured in the fourth quarter, comes back in the last drive, and throws a throws the game losing interception. So, rather than that, the only positive I've heard so far this week for the Panthers is McCaffrey is back practicing. So. Yeah, he's uh, he's cleared. He's supposed to be playing this weekend. So, back. but we are playing the Chiefs. So, good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. And My now, second favorite team. You can hold on to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now the shitty Thursday nighter is out of the way. Let's get down to the sun. The Sunday games. We'll start with the Sunday early Sunday morning games where the Steelers, like I predicted, came out on top against the Baltimore Ravens, twenty-eight to twenty-four. But it was a typical close game between the Steelers and Ravens. But it was pretty ugly at times, especially. Lamar Jackson starts the game off with a pick six, and then the offense gets 17 unanswered points. Yeah. And then the Steelers respond, take the lead late in the fourth quarter, and then not once but twice, they had two chances. The Ravens had chances to win the game. Had uh, right inside the 10 with a couple minutes left, can score. Mm-hmm. They had one throw to win the game from, I think, the 30-yard line and fell incomplete. Just but, a good, good defensive play on that last one. Mm-hmm. Um, what I took away from this game is that 
I really thought Baltimore should have won. They were the better team for most of this game. That I can agree, that and, I can agree uh, with. You know, Willie Sneed had a really good game. J.K. Dobbins had a really good game. Yeah. Juju finally showed up for the Steelers <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. He's had a yeah. couple of good games now, but there wasn't a whole lot going on. Like neither quarterback no. looked great. No. Um, the defenses didn't look great. Like no one really looked all that impressive, other than I think J.K. Dobbins had a really good game. But mm-hmm. yeah, Lamar had four turnovers, two picks, two fumbles. The one fumble was on yeah. fourth down when he was trying to stretch for yeah. a first. So that wasn't real. That was really irrelevant. Turnover it felt, at that uh, point. It felt really underwhelming for like a game that I thought was gonna be crazy. And yeah, like yes, it was close, but I don't know. They didn't look. <laughs> neither team looked fantastic. No. But uh, the Steelers are seven and zero, so you can't really take that away from them. No, exactly. And watching the highlights back of that game, no one could hold on to the ball. Claypool fumbled. There's like multiple times someone fumbled, and it was re- thankfully recovered by yeah by their own by their own player. But yeah, the only shitty part for the Ravens, and I guess not the only shitty part, they lost, but they lose Stanley, one their mm-hmm. top their top offensive lineman after signing that big deal he's out for the year with that ankle injury yeah that's tough they have a very good old line so i think they should be able to put somebody in place and keep it going but Mm -hmm. he's their best old lineman so it's hard to and he's their left tackle you know that's arguably one of the most important positions on the entire team probably absolutely honestly might be the second most important position behind quarterback so we need someone to protect that blind side yeah Yeah, the Ravens fall to five and two after that game, and the Steelers, like you said, go to seven and zero and remain the only undefeated team in the NFL. Which I would never have guessed at the start of this year. Not even close. Captain Fat Fuck leading that team to the promised land. Shout out Captain Fat Fuck, <laughs> leader of men. And with that game and out of the way, leader of women. Probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, can we just move back? Yeah. Forget his last comment. We'll edit it out. Don't worry about it. We move on to uh, my Patriots taking a fourth straight loss to the Buffalo Bills in the worst fashion possible. Cam Newton, the only thing the Patriots did not have to do on that last ride was fumble the football. Yeah. And they fumbled the football inside the 20-yard line. They had the game tied, go to OT. Would would it have mattered at the point? I don't think they would have won the game yeah. but they end up losing 24 to 21 and the one the one thing i took from this game wasn't the patriots like we patriots we know what they're gonna give us it's mm-hmm. the bills don't look good right now no. especially that offense yeah no my uh my kind of takeaways from this game is that i think especially looking at the trade deadline i mean they didn't move gilmore but it sounds like the reason they didn't is because they were asking for a first round pick and a player which is way too much. I don't think I'd give... I'd maybe give a first-round pick, but not a player as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like the Pats are conceding, chalking the season here, and maybe tanking. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But the Bills, their stock is dropping pretty fast. They have been getting worse by the week. And, you know, they are they have the fourth-best record in football right now, but they don't look good. I don't trust them. At yeah, all. I agree with that. I don't trust them either. Their the running game looked really good, but I mean, your running game can look good against the Patriots. Yeah, any they have day. nobody on that team at this point. So, yeah, um, nothing else really to say about that game. Obviously, I heard Belichick's comments the other day saying they sold out for three Super Bowls, which they did. They held yeah. on to Brady and made sure the team around him was built to 
to to his strengths and they built that defense where it was extremely top heavy didn't have much else behind them and now mm-hmm. with all those players gone they don't have much and no they really don't you'd get what they get with them and now they go into a a tank bowl really in the Monday nighter against the Jets so yeah honestly wouldn't be shocked if that was a really low scoring and a very close game that's just my gut feeling yeah on that one but let's scratch off that game and let's go to one of the few blowouts this week the Colts look impressive against the Lions yeah. 41-21 victory and slow start for that offense down seven nothing right away but then that second quarter mm-hmm. they went on a massive surge and I know you you're you really love the Colts and you love mm-hmm. what they're doing uh, I've these past few years the Colts have been quietly getting better and better you know they they moved out their terrible front office they moved in a new front office they got Frank Reich who like underrated as a coach in my opinion I think he's one of the better coaches in football mm-hmm. he uh he came over he was the Eagles quarterback coach and he did wonders with Carson Wentz and I mean I think that this Colts team really is a quarterback away from potentially winning a Super Bowl I don't think they can do it with Philip Rivers but I think if they were to go out next year, look for somebody like a Sam Darnold or somebody else who's on, like, even maybe a Cam Newton. Like, just somebody who's established and good and go get a quarterback, and I think they could do it. For sure. But the the Lions aren't very good. They're 3-4. and four. They're mm. meh. And the Colts exposed them and showed how good they are. Yeah, like Rivers, three touchdowns, zero turnovers, which is very key. When Rivers doesn't turn the ball yeah. over, you got a very good the chance. The problem with Rivers is next week he might turn around and have exactly zero TDs yeah. and three picks. So. You don't know what you're going to get with him week by week. But Taylor got shut down for the Colts, but then Wilkins out of nowhere, 89 rushing yards and the touchdown. Mm-hmm. The defense had five sacks, and they had a pick six. And then the Colts defense held the Lions to 29 yards rushing. That is very impressive, considering they do have DeAndre Swift in the backfield, and he was terrible that game then yeah. adrian peterson was like he's old but non-existent that game the colts are getting better every single every single week and if rivers can just continue these games where just don't turn the ball over they're going to be a playoff team and they're going to be a very tough out at this rate they're going to be With that defense yeah. they could be a very tough out absolutely then so the colts neck go to five and two and the lions drop to a three and four record and now very lions yeah very lions-esque and how we move to there was a few upsets this week, and this one I think probably shocked everyone the most out of all of them. The Vikings, I guess, or not the Vikings, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook beat the Green Bay Packers this week. A twenty-eight twenty-two final, and yeah, the only thing I have in my notes is how damn good is Dalvin Cook? Like off a of, he was missed the last game or two off a of bye week and. Off a groin injury at four touchdowns and yeah he looked insane dalvin cook is he's interesting because he's so good but he's not he's not the biggest guy he's not the fastest guy he's not the most explosive he's not the like dynamic receiver running back of like a mccaffrey kamara but he's he consistently is good every single week and to come out now and be and get over 200 yards are you mm-hmm. kidding me? That, like that's incredible. Against I know Green Bay's defense isn't great, and I think that exposed the Green Bay a little and showed their weaknesses, which is they're just like I said last week they're a finesse team, mm-hmm. and if you just run the ball down their throat, I don't know if anybody with a 
decent running game can't beat the Packers at this point because they can't stop it. Yeah, uh, this game was extremely concerning for... I guess for Packers fans, gotta be very yeah. concerned for me. Well, I saying, mean, yeah, you've been high on the Packers I've here. Saying they kind of the, got exposed this the, week. They got exposed a ton, and we know their weakness is their running defense. And they, there was wasn't really a trade they can make at the deadline to to well, help. The only that thing need. I heard for rumors from the Packers was they were looking for another receiver. No rumors about them going after any D players. Yeah, I heard maybe Wolf. I think Wolf Four was a mm-hmm. potential trade happening, but. I heard Will Fuller and I heard Amari Cooper, but they mm-hmm. didn't try. I mean, nobody did, but it sounds like they didn't even really put in an effort to get somebody. Yeah, which I, I just I can't. I don't trust the Packers as a Super Bowl team at this yeah. halfway point in the season. Yeah, uh, they they moved down to five and two, and yeah, this is a massive step back, and now they're heading to a quick week where they they get a pretty big break. They get to play the very banged up 49ers we'll get mm-hmm. to them later on but now from one upset to another the Bengals. yeah they, and you kind of called this last week you said you wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals just obviously just went wild on the titans and they did 31 to 20 and no joe mixon no problem for burrow and the Bengals. yeah joe burrow is good at football um <laughs> yeah that's that's my biggest takeaway from this is that he's he's a ball player and he's gonna be, I mean I since he can maybe rejoice that now they finally found a quarterback it's just whether or not they can keep him protected and keep him yeah. healthy and keep him happy because yeah. it's Cincinnati they have a very bad history in terms of not going after anybody I mean it's hard as a market like Cincinnati who wants to willingly go play in Cincinnati but mm-hmm. I mean. I can't imagine there's going to be many receivers who wouldn't want to play with a guy like Burrow throwing to them. So they got to try to build something here because he's really good. Yeah. And, you know, the Titans are, I mean, they were clearly a little bit of a overrated 5-0, and now falling down to 5-2 and in the last two weeks here. But Fool's gold? I'd still put them, I still think they're maybe the fourth best team in the AFC, but I think it's a pretty distant fourth behind your top tier. Yeah, like you can argue them three, four. Now they're tied with the Colts at five and two for the mm-hmm. division lead, and I don't think anyone would have guessed they would be, or the no. Colts of all teams would be tied with the Titans of all teams. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people had Houston pretty easily coming out of this day yeah. again, and I mean, you're seeing how that's going. So yeah, that defense, that defense didn't look good. They didn't sack Burrow at all, which is very concerning because that's Cincinnati is O line is equivalent to Swiss cheese. Yeah, and when you got guys like Jadavian Clowney, and you know he was injured that game, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he was out. Well, that's that's tough. You know, he's like he's an elite pass rusher. So, but still, their their defense is good enough where they should be getting more pressure on it. Like they did, garbage out of line. Like they Cincinnati. did get pressure on Burrow. Burrow was scrambling a lot to his right that game, yeah. but Burrow's like he's very agile in the backfield. He's yeah. got good feet. He know like he's a very smart football player, like yeah. he said. And there's a reason he went number one. And Bengals, they're they're another team that's improving every week. And then yeah, they looks like they have their quarterback for the future. And, and then, here is my upset of the week. I nailed this one. Yeah, you. You nailed this one, absolutely, and I'll let you lead it off then. The Raiders beat the Browns 16-6 to in one of the ugliest football games that you could possibly watch, but that might have been because there's 35-mile-an-hour winds, 
that were throwing that ball all over the place. You could not throw a pass in that game. You couldn't. You could barely kick a ball in that game either. This was seemingly a coaching battle of who could game plan around the wind a little bit better, and Gruden kind of came out on top. Mm-hmm. I mean, sixteen to six. That's a nice. That's, that's so low scoring. That's a nineteen seventies type of score yeah. right there. Um, so it was an ugly football game, but the Raiders played really, really well. And my Raiders stock after this is kind of rising pretty quickly. Yeah, same here. Same here. And I still think the Browns are a playoff team. I think at the end of the year, you know, week 16, 17, they're going to be fighting for a spot in the playoffs, if not already in one. But the Raiders are good. They just need to be a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. They they game planned very well for that game. They ran the ball 31 times with Jacobs. He had 128 yards. They had the ball for nearly 40 minutes, so two-thirds of that game, they had their offense on the field. and That felt like game yeah, planning, though. Exactly. The only touchdown in the game was Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. And like both quarterbacks threw under 125 yards, which tells you like they couldn't throw the ball. how windy how windy <laughs> it was. Like the kicks, the kickers were literally starting their kicks way way to the right hoping they win curl yeah. wide left and a couple times the wind just took it and carried it way left yeah. but that's a big win for the raiders especially trying to get into that last spot in the aoc wildcard race they go to four and three the browns drop to five and three and they i think they're on a bye this week and hopefully mm-hmm. they have nick chubb for after the bye they yeah need they, they need nick chubb he's Arguably their most important player right now, him and probably Miles Garrett. But yeah. hmm. like they're not yeah. even gonna talk about the quarterbacks that game. Like that No, it's hard to can't even, judge you, quarterbacks yeah. when you literally can't throw the ball due to the wind. So Yeah, you can't judge Mayfield or Carr even no, though they no. can throw. But with that game done, do we really want to talk about the Chiefs the and Jets? Best team in the league versus the worst team in the league, and it wasn't close. Like, I mean, that's really all you need to say about that game. Like I think Mahomes, four hundred yards, five touchdowns. My notes literally says Chiefs good, Jets bad, and I think that's yeah. about all that needs to be said. Yeah, and the Chiefs play your team next, so have fun with that. So I won't, but thank you. That may have been the quickest game recap of all time. Yep, and I hope and I. Uh, Poor New York. Poor Jets. Poor New York football teams in general. Yeah. They are terrible. Well, from one terrible team to what was another terrible team last year, but this year they've they've been a nice surprise. One of the other, ni- other nicest surprises. Tua Tug of Viola and the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. They defeat the LA Rams 28-17. to I don't think anyone would have I mean, guessed that result. It was... The Rams kind of beat themselves in this game. The, you know, a, a pick six, or not a pick six, a fumble recovery for a touchdown and punt return, punt time. return, and yeah, they just the Rams really just beat themselves for all the talk of how disciplined and how well coached they were for me last week. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of did a whole one eighty there yeah. and uh, big step back. Yeah, but the Dolphins are a good team. Don't take anything away from them. They. They played their asses off. Mm-hmm. Um, Tua's, I mean, it's hard to take anything away from that. He didn't really have a chance to be thrown into the fire at all. They were up so fast, and they never lost the lead. I mean, he was a little underwhelming, but yeah. they were just clock managing for the entire game because yeah. they got up so quickly, and then they were the Rams were just beating themselves, so just clock manage. Like 
That's all you really need to do. They force um, they force four, four turnovers yeah. in, in that game, and Brian Flores once again gets a game plan to shut down Jared Goff. Yeah, he's got the he's he's got the keys to success. Like the game, secret sauce, the secret sauce to Jared Goff, but yeah, and yeah. Jared, well, I mean, speaking of that Super Bowl, Jared Goff shit his pants again. Yeah. So he had sixty one pass attempts because they fell behind so fast. And <laughs> yeah. like I said a couple weeks ago, this team is not built to come back. No. They need to run the ball and rely on because, that. To, yeah, they roll. They run off their. I mean, it's very similar to the Ravens. They go. They run the football. They run play action. I mean, Goff's not nearly as dynamic as Lamar with his feet, but yeah, he he throws really well out of play action, and he's not the most accurate quarterback, but he's got a hose you can throw downfield. It's it's just it's interesting to mm-hmm. see. I definitely the Rams stock for me. That's another team that dropped pretty quick yeah, after this week. Me so. too. The only other thing I need I want to add is I think the reason they put Tua in so early is just to see what he can do because they're in a situation where they have a potential top five, top ten yeah. pick with the Texans, and maybe I don't think they're going to do it, but if they maybe don't like what they see from Tua, they could... Pick up a Justin Fields if he's there mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think they want to see what they have with Tua because... They might not be in a position to have a pick like this for a few years if they keep getting better, you know? Yeah. So you might as well see. And we've seen it already. Josh Rosen really didn't get much of an opportunity. Dwayne Haskins has already been benched. Like, it's becoming more of a thing where if you're not good right away, Move sorry, off. pal, yeah. you're Move done. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many good quarterback prospects, too many good quarterbacks around the league that are backing up mm-hmm. to just let people it's not young, prove themselves. It's turned into a young quarterback's league now. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's some talented QBs out there, and hopefully Tua is one of those next ones. He's nothing if not accurate, though. He Absolutely. throws a pretty ball, and it's always on target. Absolutely, that touchdown he threw—the only touchdown he threw was a, mm-hmm. was a damn good throw, even though it was yeah. from five yards. But yeah, off that game, and oh, LA Chargers. Yeah. If this isn't the most classic LA Chargers game, I don't know what is. Thirty-one um, thirty yeah. win for the Broncos. Chargers. 21 point lead a questionable pass interference call at the end like yeah but i mean when you're up that late you shouldn't be relying on a pass interference call to give you a game or not you were up you should just be easy running away with this game i don't know what to say really i hate pass interference calls but in the book in the book that's the right call they Mm -hmm. made you can argue either way but it is the right call and yeah, you, you guys blew a 21-point lead, and yeah. not only that, you blew an 11-point lead versus KC. You blew the final play versus Carolina, where it looked like they were going to score. You yep. blew a 17-point lead versus Tampa Bay, yep. a 17-point lead versus the Saints. They are the yep. first team in NFL history to blow a 16-point leader more in four straight games, yeah. win or loss. And that uh, that takes me to my, like, my big takeaway from this game, which is... I think it's time to move off Anthony Lynn as a head coach. I'm not saying fire him right now. I really don't think firing head coaches mid-year is ever really a great idea. What mm-hmm. are you going to do? Promote your O coordinator to D coordinator? It's not going to change anything. Let him yeah. finish the year, but I think you you blow that many leads, it, it's coaching. Yep. There's no other way it's, to look at it. It's preparation, it's coaching, it's the mentality mm-hmm. that you can you need to close those games. They could be a 4 and 3, 5 and 2 team if their defense smartened up at the end of games, but mm-hmm. 
they're blowing leads left, right, and center, looking very Falcons-esque right now. Yeah. And, uh, start of the year, I thought they could be a sneaky playoff team where they sneak that six or seven seed and get a game, probably get blown off the field, but get a game against a good team, you know, and they're two and five. They shouldn't be two and five. They no. should probably be about four and three right now, maybe yeah. even a little better, arguably, but yep. it's just, I mean, I don't have much to say about the Broncos. Good for them. They're three and four. They're, yeah. Does it, change, still, does it change my mind about Drew Locke? No. No. Just I, still don't believe in him. No, me neither. <laughs> they were down 24-3. Like, they would look terrible till mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay started running all over everybody. And I, and with that out of the way, we go to another. It was a pretty ugly game, and from gross game. from my view, the Saints almost blow it to the Bears, but end up with a three point win, twenty six twenty three. Yeah, and yeah. it was a very slow start for both teams. New Orleans' offense was just brutal, really, yeah. till the end of the first half. They got a good drive in, and then the game really yeah. turned around after that. This is two teams with decent records that I just. I don't trust either team. I think that they're both not as good as these records say. Um, the Saints keep barely winning football games. They're finding, but they're winning ways. football. They're games. finding <laughs> ways. Like Alvin Kamara is. Alvin carrying, Kamara is amazing. He's carrying that offense. They for, yeah. defense had five sacks. They forced a turnover. Well, lots doing it. But doing Nick Foles is a turnover machine. He's thrown a pick in six straight games. It's yeah. Like you get the stretches where Foles looks. Like, why are you starting him? And then I mean, because it, it's Trubisky behind him. Like, yeah. whatever you say about Foles, he's better than Mitch Trubisky. I'm better than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. Like, you get those stretches where Foles looks horrible, and then you get the stretches in the last five minutes of the game where he gets you a touchdown and gets you the couple big plays in the final drive. You get the field goal, then the def- defense gets a stop for you, and then you look like shit in overtime, so... Yep. You can't rely on that defense so much. Or they're going to tire out. And, yeah, the Bears are – they're fools. They're fools gold. Fools gold. Fools gold. <laughs> oh, they're horrible. I hate myself. <laughs> and then another divisional matchup here. The Hawks, they take care of business against the Niners, yeah. 37-27. I but mean, the story of this game was more injuries for the Niners. It's just the story of the season, honestly. They lose – yeah. Garoppolo again for who's now on IR might be done for the year so might be done with San Francisco and might be done with San Francisco I wouldn't be shocked you no know, George Kittle supposed to miss eight weeks with an ankle injury yeah he's saying maybe he's saying he'll be back in two weeks but at this point does it really matter because they're missing so much already on defense they're missing they're gonna be missing Kendrick Bourne tomorrow he's got COVID they're going to be missing Debo Samuel. Yeah. They're going to be missing all their running backs. They're missing Thomas, Bosa, Sherman. Like You can put an entire starting lineup. They're basically on a the practice IR. squad team at this point. It's it's not good. It's not good for the 49ers. This has been their issue for a long time, I feel like, is they're always hurt. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to say. The Seahawks yeah. are pretty good. Wilson is amazing, and the 49ers are beat up yeah we'll get to wilson a little more later but he was he doing what he does and and just for seahawks fans again when mullins comes in the seahawks do what the seahawks do they let they just give up a couple touchdowns get their fans a little little stressed back in this game it's okay it's okay we like it get their heart pumping a little bit i think my dad survived the week without any (laughs) yeah 10 points is better than you know what it usually is yeah 
That's a win's a win. And oh boy, do we why is this game on Sunday night the in the first place? Worst Sunday nighter of all time potentially. That was wow. an ugly game. That was Ben DiNucci. Is benched already. Good luck to Cooper Rush slash Garrett Gilbert, whoever gets that start. Against the um, Pittsburgh Steelers, but this I th- game. I don't know if the Cowboys are going to win a game for the rest of the year. I mean, I Andy Dalton know. is on the COVID list now. Yep. I <laughs> I don't know. Like the, Good for the Eagles. They're going to get a home playoff game. Like the Eagles looked terrible. They were horrible. They looked horrible in the first half. Lentz had four turnovers. Yeah. And they were down at halftime, 9-7. to seven. Yeah. Like, and then they just did enough in the second half to if this is any other fo- game. If this is any other football team, the Eagles probably lose this game. Yeah. If we're being brutally honest, even the even the Washington football team, yeah. even the New York Giants, I think, would have won this game. Yeah. But, yeah, nothing much to say. No, it was terrible. But Good, good win, Eagles. 3-4-1. and one. Real proud of you. Congrats on the NFC, at least. <laughs> and then the final game of the week, a really close game, and it was... Yeah. It wins a win for the Buccaneers, 25-23, but... I, I think the Bucks may have been peeking ahead a little bit yes. to the Saints game they got coming up this yeah. week, and been like, it's the Giants. We're going to win by 30, and the Giants are 1-7, but... They seem to be getting better every week without Saquon. And it seems like, you know, Joe Judge is doing a good job so far for all the hate they got for that signing. He's clearly trying to build a culture there, and it's a tough-nosed, hard-working, gritty culture, which it's just scrap and fight till the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kudos to Daniel Jones for not falling face-first in this game. Um, Yeah. That's all I gotta say. I mean, I think that the the Giants are gonna win a couple games down the stretch here. Probably get themselves out of the total basement, but yeah, they're not in this to be tanking. They don't no. have a reason. And to I don't tank. think that they are ready to move off Daniel Jones. And I wouldn't be ready to move off Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. They're a terrible team, no Saquon, and they're getting better. No, it's you got to give him his chance. Yep. For so sure. I, I mean, I I think that. Good for the Bucks. They won. They should have won. The Giants made it closer than they should have. They were it's... one pass interference call away from potentially yeah. getting that game. Which, to by over. the way, that was not pass interference. No. Relax, Giants no. fans. Live, it looked like it was pass interference, and you look back, you're like, no. It's a bang bang play. It's the end of the game. It's one of those like, it's a situation where at the end of the game like that, you kind of put the whistles away. If it's close like that, you're not going to call it. You're not going to mm-hmm. let a game end on a call like that. And Tom Brady in this game, because him and Drew Brees have just been hopscotching each other for this all-time touchdown mm-hmm. passing passing leader lead, and they're going to play each other next week. Could have a couple of occasions where they tie each other and yeah. <laughs> pass each other. That'll be a good game for sure. And that basically recaps all of Week 8 with those few upsets. Besides that, not really any surprises this wow. week. And I guess that leads us into... Our power rankings, and I'll pay and I'll let you lead off with your power rankings. I know you've probably made a few changes or so, because I know you're yeah. high on a few other teams. Um, I really don't know this week. There's not many teams I trust, so I kind of just tried to go off of, you know, team to team who I think would be 
who in a playoff game mm-hmm. if they faced each other down the line in a playoff game right. so that's kind of what i based it off of i think there's four teams that are clearly ahead of the rest of the pack at this point yes um right on the bubble of my power rankings my top 10 i have the bills and the saints i think they're right there i couldn't put them in because i just see 10 teams that i think are better um at 10 a little over the top maybe but i have the raiders i think that i think that they're very good i think that they're better than people think they are and i think that they're going to be a playoff team at the end of the year um, even if it's that last seven spot, I think that they're going to squeak out a spot. Um, I, I just, there's a lot of teams that they can beat just off firepower alone. And Gruden's clearly doing what he's doing and making this team better. Mm-hmm. Um, at nine, I have the Colts. I think that they're a, quite a bit of a step up from the Raiders. I think that the top nine is more of the top tier of the league than the top 10 is right yeah. now there's kind of a drop off in my mind mm-hmm. uh but the colts are a great team they're right there they're probably they're a team that could easily win a playoff game this year um they could be that titans team that you find them in the afc championship and you don't really know how they got there mm-hmm. uh at eight i still have the cardinals they were on a bye week this week but we can't forget that they've been excellent this year mm-hmm. um not much to say because they didn't have a week or a game this week uh at seven i still have the titans I know they've lost two. I know they lost to the Bengals, <laughs> but this is—they were in the AFC Championship game last year, and they weren't as good as they are this year. They could still find themselves back there again easily. Uh, six, I have the Packers. Had to drop them down a little bit after this week. I'd still say they're the third best team in the NFC because there's nobody else really in the NFC um, other than the Cardinals. But come down to it, I really think the Packers would beat the Cardinals given the opportunity. Yeah. Um. Five, I have the Ravens. I think that they're the closest thing to a Super Bowl team in terms of, like, teams I don't trust. They're the top of those teams, though. Yeah. Um, they're still a very good team. They're just not quite as good as the top tier of the league, in my opinion. Uh, four, I have the Seahawks. I gave them quite a big bump this week because they're just winning games. They keep winning games. Yes, they lost to Arizona, but they arguably shouldn't have lost that game. And they'd be 7-0 and right now. They're on pace to get a bye and have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a good team, and Russell Wilson's the best player in football right now. Him and Patrick Mahomes are a step ahead of the entire league. Um, at three, my top three are exactly the same. I have the Bucks three. Sure, they had a close game against the Giants. I don't read anything into that. I think they looked ahead to the Saints. They thought they were going to win. They still got the win. It's that easy. Tom Brady is still playing well. Mm-hmm. Still, where's that cliff, Max? Where is it? <laughs> it's, a ravine, uh, <laughs> it's a ravine. It's a ravine now, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> um, at two, I have the Steelers. They're still undefeated. They still look good. I still don't a hundred percent know what to make of the Steelers, but they're winning every football game they play. So good for them. And one is the Chiefs, and I don't think it's all that close. They're the best team in football. I still think they're going to win a Super Bowl again, so yeah, it's it's very easy. Patrick Mahomes is very good at football. Yeah, yeah. Um, for my top ten, I guess start with my honorable mentions. I have the Colts as my only one. Only reason they're not in my top ten is because I don't know what Philip Rivers is going to give me on a week by week basis. That's the only reason 
they're not in it. If Rivers goes out next week and does what he did against the Lions, then I'll put him, probably put him in the top 10 because then I'll be a few games in a row where Rivers is showing some consistency. But starting off number 10, I have the Saints. Kamar is carrying this offense. Breeze is doing his best with what he has, even though hasn't looked fantastic, but he's still missing Sanders and Thomas. And I can count them out when you have one of the best wideouts in the league who can he can change the he can change the game and he just having them out there alone like opens up your offense a ton more. So that's why they're in my top ten. Number nine, the new num new in the my top ten is the Vegas Raiders. And shout out to my buddy Christian, massive Raiders fans, or massive Raider fan. They look, they've looked really good, minus a couple blips against New England. I don't really look much into that. It was just they went in and they just didn't look good in that game in general. But last couple of weeks they've looked very good. And the reason I have them above the Saints is because they beat the Saints in Week One. At number eight, I have the Cardinals on a bye. Not much to say about them. Seven, I have the Titans as well. I can't ignore how that defense looked against a team that gives up the most the most sacks in the NFL they couldn't get to Burrow and that's very concerning because you're going to have you're going to have to play against the Patrick Mahomes a Ben Roethlisberger and a Lamar Jackson and you're going to have to get pressure on them if you want to beat them uh, number six the Ravens obviously a tough loss against the Steelers I thought they were the better team they just they just missed out on their opportunities and four turnovers will do that to you. You're not going to win a game when you have four turnovers, but the fact that they were one throw away from winning that game shows how good they are. Number five, I have the Packers. I do have them dropping. My stock in them has dropped a little bit. Do I think they're still going to make noise in the NFC? Absolutely. Do I think they could be in the NFC Championship at the end of the year? I think they can. They just need to have a good game plan against a Tampa Bay or a Seattle and right now if they're playing like a Seattle team I don't think they could beat them which is why Seattle is my number four did what they had to do against the Niners got the win back in the division lead number three the Buccaneers they're slowly becoming my favorites in the NFC I can't ignore Godwin's gonna be coming back Brown's gonna be back he might not be uh playing a lot of snaps at the start but he'll be slowly put into that offense and he's going to be a factor whether you whether you like it or not he's going to be one of those guys you can't play one-on-one because he was the best receiver in the league a couple years ago uh number two the Steelers only undefeated team they they had to do against the Ravens it wasn't pretty they their offense was slow at the start but then they figured it out in the second half got themselves going and like I said only undefeated team that's why they're number two and then number one the Chiefs nothing much to say about them they do what they had to do against the Jets their defense their offense their special teams is the best complimentary in, in football Andy Reid's one of the best coaches in the league and they're going to continue to do what they do and I don't see them taking a step back barring major injuries or COVID taking place and yeah that's my number one team in the NFL my top 10 power rankings yeah I think our top eight was exactly the same other than the Ravens and the Packers so yeah I think we got a pretty 
similar idea of what's going on in the league right now. It seems like it's getting more cut and dry as the season goes on. Yeah, but by the time we get to Thanksgiving, we're going to have a pretty pretty good idea yeah. of who can, the contenders are in. I mean, real Thanksgiving already happened, but True. American Thanksgiving, you know. Um, I guess the, we're not really – we were planning on touching on the trade deadline this week, but literally nothing happened. Yeah. So we just like to mention that and say that's why we're not really talking about it is because there's nothing noteworthy. There's no reason to – bring it up um so i guess we'll move on to our mvp rankings mm-hmm. and use yours top five i could only really narrow down a top four okay that's fair i have five but and i have a couple honorable mentions like fair enough outside of it i guess i can start with those my honorable mentions my out of the top five i have derrick henry mm-hmm. he's just been beasting as usual leads the league in rushing yards mm-hmm. he's doing what he's doing and then I have Aaron Donald in my honorable mentions yeah. as well. He's arguably the best defensive player in football. And he, again, he's always up there in sacks. And for a player who plays on the inside of the defensive line, he's like leading the league or always up there in sacks. Like that's, that's, that's incredible. And now in my top five, I'm going to go from number five to number one. So number five, I have Alvin Kamara because he has been carrying that offense since New Orleans, like I said, without him, they're not over 500. Mm-hmm. He does everything. He's got more receiving yards than rushing yards by about 100 yards, and he's got seven total touchdowns this year. The fact that he's been able to stay healthy, he didn't practice today because of a foot injury, but I think that's just precautionary and giving him a break because he's had to. Because he's a workhorse and he's backpacking that team. Yeah, he's doing what McCaffrey did last year. Yeah. But. I have him in number five. Number four, I have Aaron Rodgers. Almost 2,000 yards this year, 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, 66% completion percentage. Rodgers is just being Rodgers, and if I base these rankings off, if you take them off these, these teams, how good are they? Like, are they going to be as good as they are? And if you take Rodgers off the Packers, they're, they're probably not a 500 team, if we're being completely honest, depending on who you throw I mean, in there. realistically, you're throwing Jordan Love in there, right? Because he's the guy they picked yeah. up. So they're not going to be but 500. They're not a 500 team. No, they're they're been, a one receiver team. With I mean, Aaron Jones is excellent as a running back. They but, need him back. Yeah, badly. And their defense is non-existent. There's not a lot going yeah. on. Yeah, their passing defense pretty good, but yeah, I think r- not is. re-signing Blake Martinez was. Not very smart? No. That was a mistake, for sure. And then number three, my MVP race, Tom Brady. I mean, he's 43, almost 2,200 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, four interceptions, 66% completion percentage. He's been... I mean, when you put a quarterback like him, that offense, who doesn't make many mistakes, and he tries to get everybody involved, and he's got all these weapons, like, he's going to get the best out of this offense and I just think that if you take him off this team like yeah James Winston pretty much almost on this same team last year minus Gronkowski and your running backs but he had 30 interceptions and put Brady in there and you're not turning the ball over 30 for 30 Jameis 30 for 30 Jameis you're not turning the ball over 30 times with Tom Brady but he he got his eyes fixed so 
Yeah, and now we and now he's backing up Drew Brees <laughs> on the Saints, and, and arguably backing up Taysom Hill as well. Probably, if we're being honest, I don't think they trust him. Number two, I have Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's he's had twenty. He has twenty one touchdowns and one interception, one turnover all year, sixty six percent completion percentage, twenty three hundred passing yards. It's like we don't talk about Mahomes that much because we expect Mahomes to do these things. And I don't ignore it because Mahomes is the best quarterback I've seen probably since Aaron Rodgers came into the league. Like Will, like Russell Wilson, obviously, I'll get to him pretty quick. He's the obvious number one. But Mahomes is, he is Rodgers-esque. Like that's who I compare Mahomes mostly to. And, he, like, yeah, he has all the weapons around him, but again... You can have all the weapons in the world, you need, but you need the quarterback to do it. You can't throw Baker, yeah, Baker Mayfield with all the weapons in Cleveland and wasn't working out for him. You have a team like, let's say, even like the Saints last year, like Breeze looked okay, but when it came to playoff time, they couldn't get the job done. But then my number one, obviously, Russell Wilson. 26 touchdowns. He's on pace for 50 touchdowns this year, potentially breaking the all-time passing touchdown record in one season from Peyton Manning, which I think is 55 or something like that. Mm -hmm. He has six interceptions. Three of them came in one game, so I'm not going to hold that against him. He has a 71% completion percentage, which is right up there at uh, tops in the NFL. I think that's top five. 2,100 passing yards. He's He's the one player you take Wilson off that Seahawks team. They're not even close to a playoff team. No, they might I think they win two games, maybe. They're one of the worst teams. And he's making DK Metcalf look like the future best wide receiver of the NFL. He is amazing. He's look, making Lockett look amazing. They had no running backs last week, and Wilson is still... DJ Dallas. He, DJ Dallas. Like, he's finding ways with... Their old line is improving, but still, you can't take Wilson off this team and expect this team to go six and one. Like they should not be six and one right now. But nope. Wilson's but the re- <laughs> Wilson's the reason they are, and they're the reason why they might have a one. They might have a buy in the first round yeah. this year, and he's clear cut my number one MVP. Yeah, um, my top four is exactly the same. So I don't know how much I really need to say. Uh, the reason I only did those four is because, in my estimation, after Rodgers, there's a huge drop-off to number five. I think Kamara's great, and I wouldn't argue that he's not number five. I just think that there's these top four guys that are just, they've run away with potential MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's Wilson, Mahomes, and then there's a big drop-off, and then there's Brady, and then there's a big drop-off, and then there's Rodgers, and then there's a massive drop-off to everybody else. Yep. Um... I don't need to bring up the stats. You brought them all up. Mine's exactly the same for pretty much exactly the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, that's that's it. Yeah. Like, you can't, like, again, like I said, the reasons why I have these players in my top five is because take them off their teams and they're horrible. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the main reason. And Brady's doing this at a 43. Rodgers is still doing it after everyone doubted him last year. They thought he took a big step back. Kamara is 
doing the McCaffrey role. Mahomes is doing what we all expect Mahomes to do, and Wilson is yeah. proving why he was voted number two or number three is over Mahomes as the best player in the NFL, and he's been he, he's been incredible. They've all been incredible, and it's only they're only going to get better this year. Yeah, yeah, and that that'll do it for the NFL this week, and we'll segue into a little bit of. NBA and Are we not going to preview the next week? Oh yeah, we could preview the <laughs> next week. We preview a few games from the next, next week. week. True that, true that. Don't need to go over every game, no. I guess. But let's see. I mean, Packers, 49ers. Um, realistically, the Niners are very banged up. This should be a good bounce back game for the Packers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Not much to say there. Yeah. Panthers, Chiefs. Easy Chiefs win, in my estimation. Should be. Uh, Broncos Falcons I, I could care less uh, <laughs> Seahawks Bills is interesting because the Bills just keep getting worse seemingly and the Seahawks are a top team this is the chance for the Bills to prove that this 6-2 and two record isn't just fool's gold yeah. at this point Yeah, I think they need to come back and at least compete in this game because I could genuinely see this being a blowout in favor of the Seahawks. Despite the Bills being at home, whatever you want to say, I think it could be a blowout. Home field doesn't matter anymore. No. COVID. Doesn't matter. Um, Ravens-Colts is two really good teams that both probably want to prove something to the rest of the league. So I think that could be an interesting game to watch, but I don't know how much you really need to say. This That was the one game where I looked. I'm like, this could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I expect the Ravens to win this game. I do too, but I wouldn't bat an eye if the Colts won this game. No, it's going to come down. Or I guess not. It's going to come down to can we trust Rivers? Can he yeah. not turn the ball over however many times? Yeah. Like he's got to give his team a chance. And the Colts, if they can win this game and. This is a big win because then they're going to have – they still have the Texans and the Jags to play in their schedule. Yeah. And there should be two, three wins at least. So they'll be sitting in a very good spot yes. if they can get this win. Speaking of Houston and the Jags, that is the next game. Um, good for Houston. They're going to win a game this week. Uh, yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars are terrible. No Gardner Minshew now? Yeah. Uh, it's the, Sure, they're both 1-6, but if Houston didn't win this game, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Uh, Detroit and Minnesota. I mean, after I last week, I'd say Minnesota should probably win this game. I don't think Stafford's going to play because he's on the COVID yeah. list. But who really cares if the Vikings win? Both teams are 3-5, and five, so yeah, don't really care a whole lot. Bears, Titans. Both of these teams are kind of falling a little bit right now. They both need to win badly, so be expected for both of these teams to play very hard. I expect the Titans to come out on top, but I think they're both going to scrap hard for this win. Yeah, I can't get my finger really around this game. If I had to choose, obviously I'd pick the Titans, but I don't know with that defense right now. Like Obviously the Bears' offense is terrible, but David Montgomery, I'm waiting for him to have that one that huge game. big game, and if they can get that running going, then that that's when Nick Foles is at his best if yeah. that offense starts opening up and Nick Foles, he's feeling himself. He can sling the ball down the field. And, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting game for sure, but I do expect the Titans to come out on top on that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Giants and the football team. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I mean, who really cares? I think that they're both going to play really hard to get this win because it's divisional and they're both young teams that are just trying to get Ws right now, but yeah, who really cares? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who cares? Raiders versus Chargers. Again, if you asked me at the start of the year, I'd say this is going to be a really good game, but right now it feels like the Raiders should probably win this game. I saw, I think the other day, the, the Chargers were a one-point favorite, which I would... That heavy yeah. money on the Raiders, because I like it wouldn't shock me if Herbert just looked like looked like an absolute genius again. Like he's throwing three touchdowns in four straight games, something like that. But I can't ignore what the Raiders are doing. They should win this game. They've got the they've got the better offense, in my opinion, and I. I trust them more, and they're way better coach team than the Chargers. All things considered, that we've talked about the Chargers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't don't uh, don't be too shocked if the Chargers go up by about fifteen and then blow the lead. So, uh, <laughs> the next game is the Dolphins and the Cardinals, which I think it's just interesting based off the two versus Kyler matchup. But past that, I don't see no, too that, much. That. That Cardinals defense is very good. Yeah, and, and that I, Dolphins defense is surprisingly good. But this is a... Uh, can they stop DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think so. And then you've got like a Christian Kirk, who he's had four touchdowns in his last two games. Like He's a... He's excellent. He's a threat. And I don't... I don't have much to say other than that. I expect the Cardinals to win I do too. this game, but... But another game where honestly, if Miami won, I, I it wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked. Su- wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. And if they did win, it's because they forced turnovers and yeah. they do it in all three parts of the yeah. all three parts of football. Um, next game is the Steelers and the Cowboys. There's literally nothing to say. The Steelers will probably win this game by thirty. Um. Wouldn't be shocked if the offense is a little slow for the Steelers because the yeah. Cow- Cowboys defense looked a lot better obviously last week. To be fair, it was yeah. the Eagles, but now you've got a fourth fifth string quarterback coming in and starting the yeah. game we don't know who it'll be it could literally we could literally see both of them that game for being completely yeah. honest but yeah not much to say there yeah, should move be. on to the monday nighter with the bucks and the saints which is actually could be very interesting um in my eyes i think the bucks are gonna use this as a statement game they already lost to the saints earlier when they were still figuring out who they were now they know who they are Mm-hmm. Sure, the Saints are winning games, but they're close games, and they're not against teams that are as good as this Bucks team. And I think that the Bucks are gonna make an example of the Saints this week. Yeah, I want to wait and see what the status of Michael Thomas is before mm-hmm. this game because I do think he'd make a massive difference. Obviously, Antonio Brown should be playing. I don't think he'll have much of an impact on the game since they're just inserting him yeah. into. I think the... he could get a couple catches, maybe be used a little bit in the red zone kind of thing, but. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a good game for sure. I can't really choose a team right now. Right now, I'd say the Bucks, but if Michael Thomas comes back and plays, and along with Sanders, then I might have to think about it a little more. Mm-hmm. And Monday Nighter, the Pats and the Jets. Oh, you know I'll be watching that game, but <laughs> with my head down and. I, I think nah. the Pats win because it's the Jets. I still. I'm convinced the Jets are going on 16 this year. It wouldn't shock me if this game was extremely close. 
It wouldn't shock me either. I just I can't see the Pats losing this game. It's the Jets. There's one I, team I do not want to lose to. It's the Jets. <laughs> but I don't I don't know what I'm going to see from Cam Newton. Like he could run the ball for 80 yards and two touchdowns, but then he can throw the throw it for 90 yards and two interceptions. I just don't know. Yeah. But who cares? At yeah. this point, I'm losing a lot of hope for New England this year. <laughs> yeah. Think, which is I think they uh, are. I think they're tanking. I think it's been decided by Bill Belichick that yeah. they're chalking this year and they're just going forward. Yeah. But I guess that ends our football talk. Yeah. Week. Now we'll get into the NBA and we'll talk a little bit about what the new format they're thinking of doing is for next year's. Yeah. So what it sounds like right now, I think they're doing a vote either Thursday, which is tomorrow mm-hmm. or Friday, that the season will be 72 games. It'll start December 22nd mm-hmm. with the All-Star break. There's no All-Star game. So they're going to do two weeks off, I believe, in the middle of the year? Yeah, I think we mentioned that last week. Yeah. And then I'll let you talk about the the playoff format they're thinking of yeah, doing. Yeah, they're kind of... Uh, they're they're thinking about doing a play-in tournament similar to what they did this year with the 8-9 play-in in the bubble, which I think is really interesting. I think that it's an excellent idea. I think that it makes for these exciting matchups near the bottom where these teams that... I mean, they're, they're fighting for pride, most likely at that point in the NBA. You don't see a lot of 7-2... 1-8 upsets, so those 7, 8, 9, 10 teams getting to compete hard and play for those last spots, it, it could make for a little bit of extra exciting basketball, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be better in the West, where you always see yes. that there's a couple teams that you're like, oh, they could have made it. Or like you say, they could have made it out in the East if they yeah. played there. Or they, there's a team with 45 wins in the West, and some team with 39 wins in the East gets an 8 seed. Yep. And, you know, so I think that I, I like the format. I like the idea of the play-in tournament. I think that the fact that they're turning around this quick and getting 72 games out, that's incredible. Good on them if they can make this work. I like the idea of the two-week break because without an all-star break, you know, a lot of those guys use that week as a vacation. Yeah. So it's a good idea to just give them that time off everybody gets a little reset going into the last stretch of the season which i think is a good idea i i I haven't seen anything with the proposed format that i've been like upset about or haven't liked seeing so yeah Yeah. the only thing i want to add is i think it is a very quick turnaround like i said last week i don't think the quality of basketball is going to be there for the first bit of the season because we have the nba draft two weeks from now we have free agency, which I think starts two or three days right after. And then I think they said training camp's going to start December 1st, which gives teams three weeks to get in shape, get that chemistry, get all the plays down. And that's just not much time at, time at all. And the only other proposed proposal I saw for a start time for NBA was January 18th, mm-hmm. which you're not going to finish the season before the Olympics. Like you'll yeah. finish the season and then the Olympics will probably be starting like in a week or two. And yeah. a lot of players who play deep in the playoffs are going to need that rest. I, 
I do hope they start this in December on the 22nd. But... Yeah. Well, you know Adam Silver wants them to finish before the Olympics because he wants his players in the Olympics. He wants that international exposure. Mm-hmm. They want... Yeah, he, he wants that turnaround quick so they can continue to do what they've been doing forever, which is ending the season in June. They, they want to get back on the regular schedule, which makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean... I think Adam Silver is probably the best commissioner in sports right now, so I'm not going to question what he's doing. <laughs> I think he's the most liked commissioner in yeah. sports right now because surely don't like Adele. Don't like after the Batman. whole Justin Turner thing. Manfred's not exactly yeah <laughs> in the best graces of the MLB fans. Yeah, that's not a good look whatsoever for for the MLB to say the least. But yeah, um, I had something I wanted to say about the NBA. Oh yeah, uh, it's going to be a pretty crazy couple weeks coming up here because the NBA draft like I said it's coming up on the 18th I do think it's going to be a very active time for GMs because I know I know Minnesota's looking around to potentially trade that number one pick I know Golden State's been shopping that shopping that number two pick pick for a while so do I think one of those teams are going to trade it I don't think so I think based on like the talent that they could potentially have, I think trading it right now wouldn't make sense. I think you you take the pick, you take the player, they're on a low cap, where, where it's probably going to be a flat cap mm-hmm. or a cap that's not going to change much. So that's going to hurt teams that want to sign big players or want to contend like a Milwaukee Bucks team. That's going to hurt them. Or a yeah. Lakers team that need to re-sign a bunch of players. That's going to... Not, not 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 hurt them, not hurt them like the next year or so because obviously they have LeBron, but down the road if I think it's going to if this cap doesn't change it's going to hurt a lot of, a lot of teams in mm-hmm. it puts a damper on some of their plans like some teams probably wanted to make a run on Giannis but don't they're not going to have the cap to do so or they're going to try and make a run at a Kawhi or a Paul George yeah. or. God forbid LeBron says he doesn't want to be without in yeah. LA anymore and he's going to want probably $15 million. But yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very busy couple of weeks and then free agency right afterwards. It's going to be a stressful time for those GMs, but that's why they're paid the big money to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of GMs, a certain GM named Daryl Morey moved over <laughs> from Houston to Philadelphia and said, hey, I want James Harden. So it sounds like he's going to go all in and try to make some kind of trade package happen for James Harden. Uh, this is... Yeah. Um, we just wanted to touch on this because it's a huge topic in the NBA for some reason right now. Yep. I don't think there's any way they can make it happen. But if anybody's going to make it happen, it's probably Daryl Morey and did. Doc Rivers. They love their superstars. They did make a trade. They did make that Chris Paul trade a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Back, in, I, uh, back in the day. Short of Ben Simmons and four first-round picks, even then I'm not sure if Houston would say yes to that because I don't know how Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook would ever be able to play on the same court. No. Two but guys in the backcourt who cannot shoot. The, the prospect of James Harden and Joel Embiid on the same team together is incredible. That's scary. 
just Harden just throws up threes all game when he misses them, Embiid cleans it up. And if Harden needs a break on offense, throw the ball throw down. Throw the ball down low to Embiid. No one can stop him in the post. Yep. You stop making Embiid a shooter. He doesn't need to be an inside-outside player. He can just be an inside player. James Harden's your outside player. Mm-hmm. James Harden is an inside-outside player. He can get to the hole. He can shoot. Embiid can just clean glass and dominate in the low post. And I don't know how you stop that team. No, this is a very... Uh, I'm not going to pair it to like Kobe and Shaq because obviously they're on another big level. But mm-hmm. like this is... Like, we have one of the best shooting guards in the NBA right now, or if not the best shooting guard. And then a top two center, I'd argue. I'd argue yeah. Jokic is better than Embiid, but... You have... You have two of the best players in their position on one team. That's kind of like Kobe Arguably the best offensive player in the NBA. I'd still say it's Kevin Durant, personally, but James Harden's right there. They're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Embiid, who's unbelievable. For how lazy he is to be as dominant as he is, if you give him somebody like Harden to just take the pressure off, it would be incredible. Like yeah. I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I just the idea. the idea of seeing those two on the same court together is just that's explosive offense. Yeah, the cap situation will make it interesting if mm-hmm. they were able to find a way because you know Daryl Morey if he has if he has someone set in his sights he's gonna go do everything he's gonna go hard for it he went hard for chris paul he for russell westbrook (laughs) like he went all in for the rockets to get them to the nba finals and obviously i mean yeah say what you will about daryl morey he's always all in to try to get players to go build the championship squad um it's interesting i mean i think doc rivers is very much in that mike d'antoni set of a coach where you know they've had success but you don't know if you really trust them um but he's nothing if not a player's coach so yeah they would be two people that i think would work really well with james harden i mean daryl Moore clearly has worked really well with james harden but i think doc rivers with those two would do wonders it's just just an interesting thought mm-hmm. if it was to happen we'll see if because i think Alan brand's the gm still in philly mm-hmm. we'll see if Maury can yeah, I believe Maury's the president of basketball operations and we'll see Brand if, is the GM. We'll see if Maury can pull some strings and uh, maybe get Elm Brand to give up some, some picks. Give us some, asp- some, some assets. assets for James Harden. I don't see it happening, but who knows at, who knows at this point? Anything can happen in 2020. <laughs> but We know that much, yes. Yeah, we know that much. Anything else? Yeah, no, I guess... Uh, I guess that's our wrapping up point for this week. Um, next week, we're going to be diving hard into the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Yeah, finally get to talk a lot some more. Some real NBA next week. Some really dive into it. Get ready for the draft. Uh, yeah. We're going to do a mock draft. I imagine we'll do probably a lottery mock draft. Yeah, and, that was my plan. Let's do top 14, yeah. 15 and, mock draft. Uh, so we'll probably do the same thing we kind of do with football, but we'll do it a lot quicker next week just so we can really dive into the nba stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah that's pretty much it yeah we'll be back next week do the mock draft for the nba do our week nine recap and do a quick preview of the week after but thank you very much for joining us again for episode three we'll be back next week i'm cole and from Payton. have a good one bye